Welcome to the Living to 100 Club podcast. Here's our host, Dr. Joseph Cassiani. Hello, I'm Joe Cassiani, your host for the Living to 100 Club podcast. Our conversations are all about aging well and doing what it takes mentally and physically to live longer and healthier. Our guests share insights and recommendations about successful aging, stories of perseverance and inspiration about our future. Today's program certainly fits the bill. Our guest for this Living to Another Club podcast is Jim Flaherty. Jim has lived a nonstop life and sees no reason to stop living, learning, and loving. Jim wants everyone to recognize every day as a miracle, an opportunity to embrace the magic of life. He reminds you today is the oldest you've ever been and the youngest you'll ever be. So let's make the most of it. Just a little background on Jim. Besides an award-winning career as an international advertising writer and creative director in New York City and Buenos Aires, Argentina, Jim created and managed a brilliant country and conference center in upstate New York. Home is 80 miles north of Manhattan, an art-filled converted barn with an interior pool and two adoring pooches. His new book, Dear Old Friends, a loving reminder, the band won't stop playing till you stop dancing, XO Jim. Besides a memoir of a grateful life, the book gives you many ideas for aging productively and cheerfully. It's a friendly, easy to read book to help anyone learn how satisfying a long life can be. Jim says he greets every morning as a gift, an opportunity to learn and to share your positive outlook with others. He likes to quote George Bernard Shaw, you don't stop playing because you got old, you got old because you stopped playing. Jim, welcome to our podcast. I feel like I should tap dance in or something well, after that yeah, introduction. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I did make a change after our initial meeting, Joe. I changed the, I love the subtitle of, the, of Dear Old Friends. Uh-huh. Loving reminder, the band won't stop playing till you stop dancing. But I, I decided it needed to be more pointed. And I changed it to, to read, stay young, stop thinking old, and love your life every day. Uh-huh. Because I wanted it to be right, right to the point of, of what I'm talking about. Stay young, stop thinking old, and love your, love life, your life every day. Every day. I like that. And I'm going to spring another one on you today. Since okay. writing and publishing that book, I published it last November, so it's new. It's new this year. Right. I've just finished the draft of a follow-up book. Oh wow! Which I hope to have out in a few months. Oh wow! And I'm I'm in the same category. the The title of the new book is going to say, "I'll be a small line at the top that says Stop whining.'" Stop whining. Uh-huh. And then the big title will say, Acknowledge Your Age. And then underneath that, it says, You Can Be Better Than Ever. Wow. Because I'm finding with many of my friends, as you all know, folks, I am, at this moment, I'm 86, but yes. next month, I'll be 87. Okay. <laughs> so I'm 87 years old, basically. Yeah. Remarkable, uh, Jim, and you're so productive and... So spirited. I love that. Yeah, no, life, hell, life is good. It would be boring as hell to sit around. <laughs> yeah. One 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 uh, survey I read said that 
something, some horrible thing like 45% of all seniors over the age of 65 watch television 48 hours a week. Yes. And I thought there's got to be more than more to life than that. You've got to yes. have a reason to get up every morning and yeah. get with it. Yeah. And I think that same research also talked about volunteering that the average person volunteers about two hours a week or something like that. We need to flip that, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I always like to open by asking our guests to tell us briefly about the journey that brought you to where you are today. I mean, 86 years, you've been around the block a few times. So give us the highlights, Jim. We can even say 87. I'm really only 30 days away <laughs> 86 from 87. And, 86 <laughs> and 11 twelfths. That's right. I, you know, I've had, I, I look back at my life and I, I've had such a good time. I have no regrets. I, and very, I mean, it wasn't all uh, sunshine and roses and uh, a staff to wait on me and a big wealthy money and, and trust funds. My father was district attorney of the city of Miami when I was a, a kid. That was very exciting. I was the DA's son. Uh -huh. He, because medical science wasn't quite that advanced, he went in the hospital one Sunday and died the next Sunday at age 47. So we had no money and I fortunately was, and I had no siblings, but I had a very smart, wonderful mother who gave me a, a lot of my good thinking. She said, I have a lot of my father in me, the, mm -hmm. the ability to communicate and to talk, talk to people. But I remember my whole life, mother saying, guess what? You're not going to inherit anything. You know that, darling. And no. nobody owes you anything. So mm -hmm. if there's anything you want in life, get off your fanny yeah. and work for it. And go for it. And I yeah. said, fine, I, I agree. And I I was born or given the, the juices to become a very cheerful, and I don't even use it as a bad word. I, I yes, I've been a workaholic. Mm -hmm. God, it's it's so much better than being a do nothing aholic yeah. to sit around yeah. and having to know. be drudgery. Yeah. So I so I I scraped through college on scholarships and working, came to New York City, got a big job for thirty four hundred dollars a year. <laughs> After taxes, I took home two hundred dollars a month mm. with no allowance from home, living in New York. That was nineteen fifty seven, mm. and I lived in substandard housing. And did it hurt me? No. Maybe it made me understand the importance of a of a dime and a quarter because in those days a quarter was something I really did not take casually at all. Yeah. Um, I went into the army, and uh, my wife must have been out of her mind. She uh, I met met this lovely girl, and we got married eight weeks or nine weeks later, and uh, when I was earning eighty dollars a month in the army. And why we all did things like that when we were that young, but we said, we really want to have children right away. <laughs> so we had, within three or four years, we had our two daughters. You know, uh, one was born in Syracuse, the other one was born in Brooklyn. By then I'd gotten back to the New York area. And I had great fun. I loved having babies. That was fun. And then uh, as the girls were growing and I was stepping up the ladder little by little, I, I laugh, Joe, you know, in this world where, you know, I think the, the starting salary, at, I'm making this up, of course, the starting salary at Burger King is $95,000 a year. Now, you know, I mean, the, 
the salaries are, are out of just out of mm -hmm. control. Mm -hmm. um, I remember coming home to my wife in 19. Um, I had to be 38 years old. It had to be about 1968. Yeah, around 1968, I came home and said, we have it made. I had got a big promotion hmm. and I am earning, get this, $35,000 a year. Uh -huh. We've got all, we're the Rockefellers. We've got all we'll ever need, mm -hmm. right? Um, again, just working hard. I never knew whether I was brilliant or that I just had gotten in the habit from, from the time I was taking home $200 a month or when I was up the ladder earning $150,000 a year, I still went to work more than an hour early every day. Mm, sure. And sure. so by three years after that 35,000, I was earning 80 or $90,000. And, and this is something I actually recommend to people. If at some point in your life, and yes, you're not going to do it when you're 85 years old or 87 years old, but as you're going along in life, and somebody says, how would you like to do this? And it falls in that category of crap shooting with your life. Mm. At times, it's really wonderful because it gives you a whole new spirit and a reason for being. And at age 36, and all my friends said, don't do this, Jim. You're going to take yourself out of the market and be, be stupid. I accepted a big job as creative director of J. Walter Thompson, which was then the biggest agency in the world, in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh -huh. yes. And the children were 9 and 11, and we moved 6,500 miles hmm. to live in a foreign language, in a, in a very strange world. That was when Perón came back, and <laughs> it was Barnum and Bailey time every day. Yeah. But, it was fascinating and it did change all of our lives. We became international. I still have one, one of my two daughters has lived 35 years in England and all, and both daughters still speak Spanish fluently as do mm. I. That's great. You know, it became sure. part of our life. Sure. Anyway, the world. Yeah. I came back to New York and was doing very, very well. And at the top, when I really could call my own shots, one day I bought a abandoned stack of stone and with one partner, recreated it and opened a four or five star inn, and I personally ran it for 25 years. I was there at seven o'clock every morning, dressed yeah. in tie, saying, good morning, did you sleep well? <laughs> and, yeah. and running it. And we built it into, everybody said, you're going to lose your ass, Flaherty. This is stupid. Hospitality business in a small town in the boonies. We were 82 miles north of New York City, and I turned it into a profitable operation. Mm -hmm. And the partner went out building homes, building custom homes all in the area. We live on the Connecticut border. I'm in New York State, but okay. just a mile from the Connecticut border. Sure. So it, it's been a very, very good life. Uh, I've gone through a few tough years. My partner of many, many years uh, developed dementia, and I went through three years. Uh, right. he, he died last June, and I went through three years of mm -hmm being a caregiver, caregiver, uh, yeah, just taking yeah. care of him 24 yeah. seven, a different role for you. Sure. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. that's a tough one. But yeah. it, again, it's something that's going to happen to us all folks one way or another. Hopefully, you won't have to be a caregiver. But as we're getting older, we must always keep in mind, we are in partnership with our partners. Mm. And they are there. And hopefully, one of you is strong enough and well enough 
to call the shots and to take care of them. Yeah. And if you're yeah. if you're financially able, I urge everybody to look ahead. Don't wait to the last minute. Get some if you feel you're getting older and you don't have children around you or people that might be around to help you. Hire somebody to yeah. come in and be part of your life. Yeah, I did planning, that. Planning is I, did, so I did that 22 years ago, yeah. and I still have that nanny. <laughs> yeah. Are you still managing the inn, Jim? Or no, no. Uh, Jesus was good to me and said, <laughs> "Jim, you know you've been you've been a really a pain in the neck for many years, huh. but I know you mean well. So sell it." And in 2016, before the world knew that that the world knew that wonderful word COVID, that horrible word. Um, after dancing for three years with a would-be buyer, mm -hmm. a, a European family, very nice people with great taste. Mm -hmm. I sold the end. Actually, I live across the street from the end. I can't oh, see it. Sure. Fortunately, I can't see it. Yeah. But and it's beautiful. They're doing yeah. a wonderful job. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So you've um, you've really been so industrious, hustle and kind of determined and really been through a lot of chapters and I I'd say accomplished a tremendous amount. And I, I just wondered, what do you attribute this? What do you attribute this uh, tenacity to? What where does it come from, Jim? Obviously, Joe, everyone everyone has a different modus operandi. Um, from day one, and I, I'm going to attribute much of this, mothers will be happy to hear, to mm -hmm. my late great mother, who was uh, very wonderful. I, mm -hmm. She she gave me a, a couple, it sounds a little corny, but I actually do it. She said, in the morning, first thing every morning, you are going to face your most severe critic. The, the toughest hurdle that you're going to have to overcome, the highest wall you'll have to climb, it's going to be tough and it's going to be that person in your bathroom mirror. Oh. And you could look at that person and mm. go, good God, another day or mm. smile sweetly mm -hmm. and say sweetly. Good God, another day. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know it sounds a little, little corny, but I do that. I, 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 sometimes I do it even before I get out of bed, I say, Good God, I, I woke up on the right side of the grass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And another day to get up. Yeah. Isn't that good? And I yeah. this morning I woke up. I had I didn't have to had I didn't have anything booked for early this morning. So I set the alarm knowing that I always wake up before the alarm. I set the alarm for eight. So I thought I'm gonna sleep late this morning. So I'm awake for Joe's podcast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I woke up at 530. <laughs> I stayed in bed till six and said hell with it and got up and came into work and then had my all fruit. That's no, we'll change, change gears. Now, folks, you want to live a long life, make, let's talk about health decisions. You're talking to the, the good doctor here, Joe. But only you could really make decisions about your health. Hmm. And I, I made some very smart decision. Some I made years ago. I stopped smoking 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I turned 80, I thought, do I really need, is it really necessary to have a cocktail or wine? Mm -hmm. And it's very pleasant, but I don't really need it. And I stopped drinking. Mm -hmm. I, and I used my 80th birthday as a, a, a marking point to do and that. The milestone. Sure. And I also thought, 
it's time to get some very, very healthy living habits. So I, I've cut meal. I couldn't do it during when I was care, caregiving. It didn't matter. We, we ate whatever the partner wanted. I just wanted to make sure that he was all right. Mm -hmm. But for myself now, I have two meals a day. I have all fruit in the morning, no bread. I, we never have bread except for dinner parties. She'll, uh, Esther, my nanny, will yeah. cook some fresh rolls. But um, we we go go ahead and turn that off. And uh, I have all fruit and then I go down to our pool. I have a pool in the house. My mm -hmm. house is a converted barn, uh -huh. a, da a dairy barn in the 40s. Sure. Sure. And so I go down. It's one of the great luxuries of life. And I spend 30 minutes, whether I want to or not, 30 minutes every morning doing serious exercise, not swimming laps. I'm doing this kind of exercises, okay. you know, deep knee jogs and yeah. using weights. I do that 30 minutes every day. Then I go upstairs, not hot tub shower, and get dressed for the day. Yeah. Wow. Then dinner, dinner is between 2 and 4 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Dinner today was... Mm -hmm. 3 p.m. today. I had scallops mm -hmm. on on some risotto mm -hmm. and a salad. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. yeah. And then a little lighter, few bites at dinner. No, if I'm that. hungry, if I'm hungry later on, I will have a dish of low calorie ice cream. Mm. Okay. Some people, okay. some people do marijuana. I do ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ice cream competes pretty well. Yeah. 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 So it all starts with that that first look in the mirror, right? And what do you say to yourself? And how do you how do you label that that image, right? Well, and, and absolutely. In in my new book, I have a whole chapter. So do you do you want to know where where your nearest psychiatrist is? Huh. In your bathroom, it's uh -huh. your bathroom mirror, and uh -huh. you should have discussions with that person every day and say. Uh -huh why am I screwing up or and listen to them if they say I did not like what you did yesterday mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. say why mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. talk it out with yourself I really do I say that yeah. that was I'm not content with the way you handled that situation sure. and how you can make it better yeah that's good you stop and, and the awareness is really important what could I have done differently to, mm -hmm. gee I really improved over what I usually said or you know kind of uh, absolutely for that awareness yeah absolutely yeah, 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 good. So um, you were in advertising for many, many years, and I, I always admire the people who are in that in that industry. Uh, what did you learn about the human spirit from your career in advertising, Jim? I mean, uh, are we all well, gullible? I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I see so much now. Uh, the companies and the agencies would hate having me because I wouldn't approve more than half of the work that goes out. <laughs> As a creative director, nothing left the agency unless I signed off on it. You know, so it makes you feel a little, a little judgmental, a little godly. You're really mm. in charge of what you think means good taste and good selling methods. Mm. I wanted interesting advertising. I used to read all the research about a product and the market, and that would help me get to a, a different point mm -hmm. that we did not have to do what people were expecting you to do. And I, and over the years I handled things like um, ding dong Avon calling. Remember the Avon lady? I changed the Avon lady. And mm. for three years I handled that as uh -huh. a, a major campaign and uh -huh. uh, their sales went up 16% a year. And I opened them in 12 countries 
and had a wonderful time doing it and mm. brought brought mm. some humor to it and mm. and and I, they were lovely people too lovely people to deal with i had british airways during the concord years i mm. used to fly wow. back and forth to england those three-hour flights a lot yeah. Yeah. i liked british air they were one again wonderful clients to deal with so and, is your your particular perspective or um uh, I won't say slant, that's not the right word, but your take on um, how to do advertising in a tasteful way. Um, I, I want it to be tasteful. You know, you, your goal with advertising is one, somebody's going to, you're going to have somebody for 30 seconds, or if you're a, a luxury is 60 seconds, if you're doing television. So you have to get their attention and then you're going to inform them and if you can possibly do it entertain them a little bit by virtue of being you know i used to say to people if you can write a commercial that makes somebody laugh out loud or even get teary-eyed because of what you've done in 30 seconds you really have an absolute winner and it's going going to sell a lot of products and make mm. everybody mm. happy but don't just treat it as here it is, another thing. Put give this to your thing and put it under me. <laughs> it, it just it, it gets stupid. You, you're dealing with people, and I always say, "Do you?" I well, I also say it in my books. Do you? Would you want to be your best friend? Mm -hmm. Are you anyone's good friend? Mm -hmm. And I say to in addressing a market and advertising, "Do you? Would you like me to give you this product? Would you like to have it in your home?" Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a there could be a lot of research doing it. Actually, if you saw the the kind of strange TV series called Mad Men, which yeah, is sure. about which or, is, that really was the story of my life. I was much much better behaved, I promise hmm. you. But hmm. but that was about a New York advertising creative director. That's that, right. Sure. That's the whole show, right? Sure. Yeah. Except as my friend Susie said. But Jim, it's true. People were getting drunk and you know what else in creative directors' offices all over New York, not in yours. Because yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> said, no, you have to have sanctity of place. My office was a place to do wonderful work and to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Just as I wouldn't tell a dirty story from the pulpit or have a cocktail party in the AA meeting hall, mm -hmm. nor would I do unspeakable things in the Oval Office. <laughs> you have to have sanctity of place. Mm, no. Yeah, you know, yeah, of course. I, of course as you sure. as you know so well, sure. being a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really um, uh, you were pretty immersed in that uh, that world, just as mad men <laughs> um, kind of lived that life. Yeah, yeah, it was, but it was fine. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was certainly not boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you have this. Uh, what do we call it? Just this kind of bottomless reserve of spirit and, and energy and tenacity. And you must have hit some potholes along the way. I always like to talk about potholes and how people manage and how we uh, kind of recover from the potholes. Can you share some of those with us? Okay. Well, yes, there are potholes. And, and of course, you all the while, potholes or not, pot, highs or lows, there's still life and if you have children life goes on and you cannot as unfortunately so many people do they run into problems and they ignore the children mm. that can't happen you have to maintain a working relationship with your children and hopefully not get them hurt by it sure. um, 
my wife and I separated after uh -huh. 15 years uh -huh. and uh, it it pained me terribly I I uh, we became we it was caught I guess what you call eventually a friendly a friendly divorce I mm -hmm. took care of her the rest of her life uh -huh. that I knew was necessary I made uh -huh. sure she had a house and that she was okay and meanwhile educated the girls and I'm very close to my daughters my children are 60 and 62 mm. <laughs> but uh mm. and they're they're funny and they're bright uh one talk about a difference Joe one is a scientist she's a, a medical researcher and science writer yeah right? well paid for it and the other one's a shaman wow. <laughs> so you have really opposite ends of the spectrum yeah both yeah. both writers both have books out and I and they they each uh, dedicated their 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 first book to me. <laughs> I, mm. I said, mm. "You're just trying to make sure I don't change the will." <laughs> they, they said, "Absolutely, we know." <laughs> yeah. So opposite ends of the continuum, and uh, yeah, and, but they're you're great. The, you're the bridge between the two. Yeah, they're they're great. And they're funny. Knowing they love each other too, which yeah. is what yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like. Yeah, that's great. So mm -hmm. potholes. Uh, Puddle. Yeah, you've got to you be mindful you... of the family and uh, everybody that's depending on you and you can't just throw your hands up, right? And, and also, I think, especially if you're getting into uh, relationships, husband and wife or boyfriend, boyfriend, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. You have to remember there's another person there and you're you're feeling pain. So is the other person. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you always have to try to look at it both ways. Uh, it, interestingly, over the years, I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. Then I drifted away. I became what I guess they call them lapsed Catholics. Mm -hmm. And lately, one of my close, new closest friends is a rabbi, rabbi in his life. And he's, he's darling and he's funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. And he, he calls me a collapsed, a collapsed a Catholic, Catholic. <laughs> yeah, because I'm an elder, meaning board member, mm. a senior running a Presbyterian church here in Armenia. Mm. And, and the Reverend and I are really close friends. Wow. And I, I said, you have me on the board because you wanted a hitman. <laughs> That's me because I'm not famous for being real patient. I want yeah. everybody to yeah. get up, do it, get it done. You got the target on your forehead. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So That's okay. But it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the potholes, as you say, that's life and you're right. There, there are there are events that come along and throw us and uh, turn our world upside down. And mm. sometimes people say, um, you know, that's that's it. That's the last straw. I don't think I can take any more of these. And other people say, oh, well, I'm going to have to dig deep and see what I can do to get get through this one. I've got other people in my world and I need to be determined and, and push forward. So big, bigger pothole for me was being a caregiver for three yeah, years. I yeah. mean, I, yeah. I did it with love and caring, but they they don't call it dementia. They don't call it the long goodbye for no reason. Mm, I basically mm. said goodbye twice. Saw mm. somebody die in front of me for three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. very, very hard. Well, it's been uh, called the funeral that never ends. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it mm -hmm. really is. And and even when, and when it does end, you still grieve. Yeah. You grieve and mourn because yeah. you think, sure. What else could I have done? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Well, again, it's that awareness and stopping to say, is this, you know, me? Is this what I can do? This is my new role. This is my new right. script. And um, I'm going to just have to keep pushing through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So tell us about your book, Jim. Um, Dear old friends, the role of a lifetime. And Claire, you had us. Uh, well, Claire's a novel. That's pure fiction novel. There's a novel. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's romance and sex and Broadway and yeah. international travel. And there's a, the first novel, the role of a lifetime, is also very both. Role of a lifetime and Claire are both written around women. Oh. All the heroes in both books are women. There are men in them, but they they basically are women heroes because I I. I like women. Generally, I like women better than men. And in most cases, I think they're, they're smarter than men. I think they got the short end of the stick historically because it was like, well, I'm going to go off and do my job, but you've got it easy. You can just stay at home and run the house and do the cooking and raise the children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah we've reexamined that, haven't we? Yes, yeah. I, fortunately, that's gone yeah. away, but uh, that's okay. Uh, no, but the the current books the ones that i think are more relative to your audience uh -huh. dear dear old friends and the new one coming up acknowledge your age acknowledge your age uh -huh. really you know they they talk about you know, i know one of the things i talk about in both books which i think is a very good mantra or a way to live um i was raised with the golden rule something that started back before the days of Confucius in one form or another, and it evolved into that good thinking, but awkward language of doing to others as you would have others doing to you. Mm -hmm. And my mother raised me with that. And as I got older and was becoming a writer, I said, I like it, mother, but I'm rewriting it. You're, you're she said, kind of you're wondering. rewriting the golden rule. Yeah, I said, yeah. okay. Yes, mother, I'm not rewriting the Lord's Prayer. I'm rewriting the golden rule in a way that is meaningful to me and to my children so that they will understand it. So I rewrote it to five, five, because I, I said, if you lay the, the classic golden rule on a four or five year old, mm -hmm. do unto others as you would have others do unto you, they'll go, huh? Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't ring. Yeah. Mine is you get what you give. Uh -huh. So if you give a, a helping hand, a sympathetic ear, a warm smile, a loving hug, mm. that all comes back to you. It mm -hmm. absolutely comes back to you. Mm -hmm. If all sure. you do is criticize, demand, bitch, complain, complain. that comes back and bites you in your hindquarters. Yeah. You get you know, what you give, yeah. And I and I say to people all the time, it's part of my preaching to people. I even I even have preach in the church that shows how far down the Presbyterian Church has gone. <laughs> is try it. I said, go out and tomorrow when you're in the grocery store, and those are thankless jobs. The girls stocking the shelves, or the woman's checking out your food smile sweetly at the checkout lady and say, oh, thank you so much for putting all the frozen good things together. Isn't it a nice day, nicer day today? And you're going to make her day better because you're not acting like a jerk so, so the way so many people do. And she'll smile back at you. Sure. And, and she'll think after you leave, this isn't a bad job. Yeah. And so in a small way, you've helped somebody else. And, and we all know the, the most generous form of giving is to give something to somebody not expecting anything in return. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So, yeah. So that's I, the beauty. You say that you, you offer that 
pleasantry to the you know the person behind the register and yeah you make her day but she also in turn will offer something positive to somebody else yeah oh yeah no absolutely it doesn't stop with her it continues it doesn't stop with her i never i never fail to say well good morning when i'm stopping for iced coffee on my way to choir practice on sunday morning yeah yeah (laughs) that that is the one morning i'm on my own Mm. and to to mm-hmm. and I live in a small boonies town, more blue collar town than not. Uh-huh. And you know, and it's and I'm dressed to the hill. I'm dressing in French cuffs mm-hmm. and a coat and tie to go to church. Sure. But I'm also acknowledging my age now. I I was always the one to open doors and to carry suitcases for people. And now people say to me, knowing they look at me and say, "Oh, look at that old guy!" And yeah. they open they open doors for me. Open and doors. somebody gave me a seat on a train the other day, and, uh-huh. I, and I said, "Well, thank you very much. I didn't turn it down. Hell no." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or shopping at Home Depot, and they ask you if you need some help putting that into your car. Yeah, yes, absolutely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I don't turn it down. I can tell yeah. You. So, the, the, yeah, a lot of good days. I mean, really positive, uplifting days. Do you ever have any down days? I generally can't. I personally can't afford to get down mm-hmm. for too long a period. I mm-hmm. then I go back to that bathroom psychiatrist of mine and say, mm-hmm. "What's the what the yeah. hell is wrong yeah. with you?" Yeah. And try to do a self analysis on myself. Yeah. And I, I found part of it. I, this past year, I would have moments of I realized I was grieving or mourning. I don't know. I never know which, which word is correct. Something had come up and I was feeling alone. I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate. I don't live totally alone because I have my nanny who's mm-hmm. been here 22 years with me. She'll turn 60 in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And she's Mexican, but she became a, a U.S. citizen two months ago. So Good. we're very proud of that and she doesn't hover but she's here she has an apartment in the house mm-hmm. and she's around always making sure mm-hmm. she, am i okay she never leaves the room without saying call me if you need anything mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, I know that i'm i'm not alone and with the elderly that loneliness is a tremendous cause as you know joe yeah. of depression yeah and i i i have three or four people that i I'll call they're all women Mm-hmm. that I call every day or every other day and say, hi, mm. talk to me. You know, what mm. you doing? Yeah, so you catch yourself before you start sliding back. I, uh, yeah, I can't yeah. do that to myself. Yeah, I, yeah people, I, people can uh, slip back and uh, before they know it, it's, um, it feels like a dark place and hard to get out of that. But um, you catch yourself. That's great. That's that's smart. I mean, we all deal with these losses and disappointments mm. and whatever, you know, the failures along the way, but it's easy to, uh, to kind of get sucked back into those. And- well, and, and as we get older, everyone has to face the fact that we are not going to live forever. Mm. You know, it, it, it annoys me. There's so many things on my creative plate. Mm. I have a, a half finished screenplay. Yeah. that I really want to finish. I have created a TV series. That I, I need to find somebody to, to, to get somebody to look at it. Okay. And, and I want to write another novel. And it, it frankly, frankly, it pisses me off that I can't pound the table and say, well, I've got 20 more good years. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I'm hoping to have five more 
of really good years when all of this still works because mm-hmm. writing is the hardest non-physical job in the world, I think, because yeah. everything yeah, has taxing, to work. I, I can't, you can't yeah. say, well, I've, so I've slipped a little bit. I can go on writing. No, you can't. Mm. Doesn't work that way. Sure. But, yeah. you know, in, in the book, In Dear Old Friends, one of the chapters, which I, I also talk to people about, a lot about it, says the importance of passion. I said, you must, if at all possible, have a passion. They say, what? Passion, Jimmy. Come on, you know I'm 78 years old. I'm 83 years old. See, now it's not the sweaty kind of passion. It's, it's a more important passion than that. Yeah. It's taking up bridge. It's yeah. learning a new language. New it's, language. Yeah. I always wanted to paint. Take a paint. Call the high school. Find out if they offer a painting class. There, are, and everything in the world is now available online. Mm-hmm. I have uh, it's one of my happiest stories. A friend of mine, she's 83 years old, and she read the book, and she said, all right, Flaherty, just just so you don't yell at me anymore, because I, I was yelling at her, because I said, you're becoming a, a couch potato, and uh-huh. it's stupid, because I knew how brilliant she had been in her younger years. I mean, she was editor of magazines, and, you know, I mean, real hot mm-hmm. stuff. She's gone back to college. Yeah, great, great. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. She's yeah. 83 and she comes in, she said, the kids looked at me first like I was a, a reincarnation of Grandma Moses and now they invite me to the library with them. She said, do you like the way I look? My, my, I went to the gap with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's great. Yeah, get I, some college clothes. Yeah, yeah. And they, they well, argue it, it is. It's, it's, you know, it, age doesn't have to determine who we are, or what we're doing, right? I mean, that's that's so true, Jim. This to stay engaged and stay connected, and the you know the importance of meaning and purpose, passion, whatever you want to call it. something that puts a smile on our face when we wake up in the morning. This is what I'm doing. This is what I look forward to. I think that's so great. Yeah, I had a uh, and I'm 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 sorry to say that I can't remember his name. There there are two webinars I've seen lately that I really loved. One one is. Uh, he wrote a wonderful book that I know you would like, Joe, yeah. uh, From Strength to Strength. Oh. It is wonderful, excellent. And the other one, this, it was a, he was a doctor, and he uh, said, I want everybody, when we're through with this, I want you to sit down and to encapsulate your life and who you are and what you are and what you do into a six word statement <laughs> i thought into a six word statement you mm-hmm. know and so i i thought about it for a long time and i i have my six word statement yeah let's hear it finally yes sure. okay. I, I am present living giving loving right. mm. that's it that's great that's, that's what i want to be every day yeah i want to be present and that that i get the word present i i must admit i'm a, a great admirer of Brene Brown, I'm sure you've heard her sure. talks. Yeah. And she says, you know, she uses that Teddy Roosevelt quote of yeah. be in the yeah. arena. Yeah. Show up. Be Show there. Up. Yeah. So I'm saying I am present. I'm here. I don't hide out. You know, uh-huh. people have to cope with the fact that I'm going to walk yeah. in there. And, yeah. And yeah. You know, um, Twyla Tharp, the choreographer, has written some uh, great books. And the last one was Keep It Moving. And Good. she talks about being out there, pushing yourself to be out there and nonstop engagement. 
Good. It's staying engaged at some level with other people, with some activity, some passion, a language, a musical instrument, whatever it is, and staying Absolutely. engaged. I'm going to look that up. That's, yeah. that's why, Keep why it I know who that is. Keep What's it moving. Keep, Keep it, it moving. moving. That's okay, the title. Good. Good. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to look at that. Yeah. Good, because I loved her. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. Jim, I, I, what would you like our listeners to take away from our conversation today? Well, I would, I would welcome all of them. I would invite all of them if they're interested in my point of view or my books, uh, rather than directing them to each book, if they could go onto my website, uh, which is a very simple one. It's just James, the initial B like boy, Flaherty, F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y dot com. James B. Flaherty dot com. That, that has all my books there and it has my kind of my philosophy of life and okay. things. I tried to make it interesting. <laughs> okay. So it's a good place for people to go and learn more about you and access your books and your philosophy. That's great. That's great. Well, it looks like we're out of time, Jim, and I, I just want to uh, thank you. But before we wrap up, let me remind our listeners to visit my website, livingto100.club, to sign up for our email list and download a free copy of my nine tips to make living longer enjoyable. While you're on the website, be sure to peruse the library of blogs and podcasts. And finally, if you're interested, reach out to me to schedule a presentation for your group in person or online. I think there's value in helping older adults feel inspired about their future. So Jim, thanks so much for being a guest on my program. Uh, your website is jamesbflaherty.com. That's it. And um, early happy birthday to you. You got a birthday coming Thank up. So. Yeah, I won't celebrate it, but it's um, okay. <laughs> it's, all, uh, it's all right. I say I send you some positive birthday wishes. Okay. Good. Thank you, Thank Joe. It's been a great, great pleasure to be with you Sorry. and your listeners. Yeah. Thanks very much. And thanks for everyone for tuning in today. Hope to see you next time. Yes, sir. Adios. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.